Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our life is, well, in English, I guess the uh, we would translate that idiom to um, life is a bowl of cherries. <laughs> Welcome one and all. Welcome into the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Happy to be here with you hosting this week's show as we do each and every week, immediately following JM in the AM. 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. You can hear us, all the different formats, online. And we appreciate that you do so. And we appreciate very much that you tell others about the show. Um, we got great, great, great feedback from a lot of people about last week's show, in which we spent most of the show discussing the dilemma that the Israeli people are going through right now on, with the issue or about the issue of the young soldier who uh, shot an Arab terrorist in Hebron. And um, if you only heard that, you would say, well, what's the, what's the commotion about? Well, as we mentioned, the terrorist was already on the ground. He had been shot. He was badly injured. And the question was, did he pose a threat or not? And um, whether the soldier 
should be tried in and in what capacity because he did not follow army regulations. Uh, we spoke about that. We're going to bring some feedback, some some addendum and some addendi, addendum. I'm not sure, and uh, some feedback that we got from listeners. Uh, we have other stuff, great stuff. We have a, a wonderful uh, clips from a speech given by the British Minister of Justice. That's not what they call it. I'll tell you later what they call it. But um, he made a wonderful, wonderful speech, and we'll bring you clips of that. We'll tell you a little bit about places that you could find to um, get material for anti-BDS, pro-Israel, Hasbara. Um, and uh, if we have time, we'll tell you about some other things, and we hope you stay tuned. Hanan Ben-Ari, HaChayim Shalano Tutim, as we said, we, we have been playing Hanan Ben-Ari. I think we've been ahead of the game, because this song now is very popular in Israel. Um, but we've been playing him for at least a year, with uh, the hit, uh, the fir- his first hit, I think, was Mimcha uh, Eilai, and I still love that song and continue to play it. Um... Here is something, we're going to get to all these things after the next song. This is called Chida Atli. It's a uh, duet of Daklon and Sagiv Kohen. Heard it, thought it was cool. Want to share it with you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network.
Sagiv Cohen and Daklon. Chida Atli, you like that one? Hope you did. And uh, if you want to hear it again or get more details about it, you can uh, just stay tuned to our Facebook page. And later on today, we'll post all the links to songs that we played during the show, including this one, Chida Atli. That's a Avihu Medina composition, very famous in Israel, Avihu Medina is. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, last week we discussed the shooting in Hebron, which is um, really, what can I say? It's it's totally embroiling Israel in in this debate. And um, I shared with you last week the different sides of the debate in hopes of bringing you a balanced picture because all too often in these kind of cases you'll hear one side very strongly and not the other side or the other side and not the one side (laughs) so we tried to bring you both sides and we got a lot of great feedback and I thank all those who wrote in um, to us and um, listened and you can still listen to the show it's always there on the archives at nachumsegel.com just go click on archives and uh, then scroll down to the Israel show, and it's the show of uh, last week, which was March the 28th. Couple of addendum. I hope that's the proper plural. One of the points that was made by... Oh, so I, I should state, I think, I don't remember if we had this piece of information last week or not, but the... Um, the prosecutors have said they will not be seeking a, a, sent, a murder sentence, but rather a manslaughter sentence. And I think one of the things that really, really triggered Israelis was calling him a murderer. And that was, I think, the main point that we made last week, that I believe at least he's not a murderer, he's not a bad guy, but he's also not a hero. He made a mistake, he didn't follow the army rules, and you can't just go out on your own in the army because you're going to create... Uh, anarchy and chaos. Um, some say that because for quite a number of days the word, based on a leak to the press, was that he was going to be tried for murder and call him a rotseach, a murderer, that would deter other soldiers and other security forces from shooting in the future. And in, in essence, by, by doing that, you're creating situations of danger for the people of Israel. Yesterday there was an attack in Rosh Ha'ayin. Some say that um, the impact of the Hebron shooting aftermath was seen yesterday in Rosh Ha'ayin. What happened was a, um, an Arab woman terrorist was trying to stab somebody. and She was running around with a knife and a bunch of people came. Nobody shot at her. Now that could be because somebody had a gun. I don't know. We, we don't know. Nobody really knows yet. Uh, but you see in a video, and it's all on video, everything's on video. Uh, you see on a video that w- caught the moment that people are trying to get to her, assault her, you know, knock her down with a chair and with different things, different items. But nobody is just taking out a gun and shooting her. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but that was a claim that was made last week already. That people will be deterred, soldiers will be deterred from, from shooting and um, that's a reason why we have to not go after the shooting soldier um, and, and he shouldn't, there shouldn't be a feeling amongst the young soldiers that if they make a mistake in, in, in the heat of, of conflict, if they make a mistake, they're going to end up in jail for a long time possibly. And that would cause that kind of situation where, people, where, where soldiers will be too, too hesitant to shoot. The other is, and I don't remember if we made this point last week. I know I wanted to, and it could be we did. But one of the points that the left makes in Israel now is, you see how important an organization like B'Tselem is? And I remind you that B'Tselem is, I consider B'Tselem to be a vile organization that um, provides, amongst other, many other things that it does, uh, provides Arabs with camera, video cameras for them to be able to shoot video whenever they see anything going on so that B'Tselem can then take that video and show it around the world 
and make Israel look bad. That's basically uh, what it does. And uh, they think that that's a, 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 a pro-Israel thing. I mean, that's... In, well, whatever. We're not getting into that now. And the video from Hebron was, in fact, shot by an Arab who got his camera, his video camera from B'Tselem. Um So people on the left were saying, you see, B'Tselem is in B'Tselem, Shavrim Shtikal, Daesh, Tayush. These are all important organizations because they really keep the soldiers in check because if not for them, we wouldn't have this video, blah, blah, blah. And, and Sahal would end up deteriorating into a, a, a very violent army where people just shoot other people, innocent bystanders, and so forth and so on. Well, that's not true. It's just, uh, uh, it's just propaganda, and here's why. The Israeli army began investigating this incident immediately. It was clear that the soldier fired without um, proper um, command from his officers, uh, he did not follow the rules of engagement, and there was an inquiry immediately started, and they, you know, got the details and so forth. That happened before any B'Tselem video came out, before anybody knew that there was a video of the situation of of that particular incident. So to say that um, oh, we need these organizations in order to keep Tzahal in check is just not true. Tzahal does a pretty good job of keeping itself in check, of inv- maybe too much, but. Um, Surely, uh, they are careful and on top of these investigations, and and so the claim that you know it's important to do this in order to keep silent check is is not only bogus, but the the truth is that's not why they're doing it. The truth is, I I mean I can't tell what's in their heart, but to me it seems that they're doing this in order to make Israel look bad. That's the bottom line, and their feeling is that if Israel really looks bad, eventually it'll force Israel to retreat back to the 19, uh, 1967 borders, let's call it the 1948 borders, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, and so forth, which the majority of people in Israel are against. We also got reaction from listeners, and I thank everybody for reacting, whether it was through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, many commented there, or via the email where uh, you can send me email directly to mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, M-E-I-R, mayor, at nachumsegel.com. We got a, um, from a listener who lives in Israel, and uh, I'm going to read to you her, um, her remarks after the next song. This is Yatsanu At. It's a classic song sung originally by Shoshana Damari and redone, covered by Yaniv Deor, from the album Lashir Ita, which is a uh, a memorial album saluting Shoshana Damari and her classic songs. This is Yatsanu At. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
נפרדנו וחייכנו במבט. They're all covers of uh, songs originally sung by Shoshana Damari, classic Israeli songs, and uh, give a new interpretation. Very, very interesting stuff. The name of the album is Lashir Ita, to sing with her, and it's a uh, tribute to Shoshana Damari. We continue on the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, Rivka Waldman is a listener to this show, and I thank her for her kind words and uh, for sharing with us the insight in reaction to last week's um, show. And she's commenting specifically as to why the Israeli public supports the soldiers so strongly. And she writes that the answer that I gave last week, she, think, she, she says is partially right, but she has another point, and it's very, very well said. Coming from someone who lives in Israel, which is, uh, although I, I try my best to keep in touch with uh, the different um, voices in the Israeli public, someone who lives there and, and his family is growing up there has, has additional insight. She writes, one point though is that every Israeli is thinking, quote, that could have been me or my son. He was a young soldier, as you mentioned, who made an error in judgment. And I think all of us who have sons who are or will be in the army who have been in the army ourselves, relate very strongly to the young soldier in his predicament. It could have been any of us or our son who made that error in the heat of the moment. And um, I, I agree that that is a very important part of the feelings in Israel. And the, um, the very reason that this discussion became so hot, and um, I think also, and I, I I don't remember exactly which points we we, we uh, highlighted last week, but people in Israel are just fed up. They're fed up by uh, by the, the the terrorists, and they're fed up by their feeling that Israel has such a powerful military, and yet the average person can walk in the street and be threatened all the time and does not feel secure. So what good is the military? And then when the military does react. The um, the Justice Department or or the uh, the government ends up coming down very harshly in their opinion on the shooter, and um, that's it. That's what it is at the end of the day. Um, I want to call your attention. We'll go to another cut in a minute. Um, I want to call your attention to a, 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 a new website that has uh, really, really, um, I, I, I would say it, it, it is real. It's not, I can't say it's earth shattering. I can't say it's breaking new ground, but it's definitely beautiful. It's uh, a Tanakh study website, and it's presented by the Herzog College in uh, Gush. It's, it's, it's an offspring of the Yeshiva Hezder in Gush, in the Gush, Shivat Haritzion, um, the um, Herzog College, Michalala Herzog, trains religious teachers and is well known as being the center of the study of Tanakh, the, new, the movement uh, relatively new as far as Jewish history in general, it's not new, it's decades uh, old, of the study of Tanakh. And their website is Hatanach, H-A-T-A-N-A-K-H, H-A-T-A-N-A-K-H dot com. We'll post it, um, we'll post a link on our Facebook page a little later, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. You can see it there. If um, you missed it, you can't find it, whatever, you can email me, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com, and I'll send it to you. It is just so well done. The tools that we are given for the study of Tanakh are just growing and growing and growing and the study of Tanakh is growing as well and the depths with which we study Tanakh means that Tanakh study which once was considered like eh, yeah, you can't really study that if you really want to study if you really want to learn you got to do Gemara but I think that today more and more we're coming uh, we're, we're seeing that the study of Tanakh has 
a, another very deep dimension um, that maybe we, we overlooked in the past. And um, this website, like uh, so many other uh, different initiatives that have come out in the past, this website is just amazing. It's H-A-T-A-N-A-K-H, Hatanach.com, www.hatanach.com. I can't really explain it. You have to see it. The graphics, the way it's done, the connections between different topics which are made. You can type in a topic and see all the different um, articles about it. You can type in the name of a personality from Tanakh and see everything that's uh, spoken of. So uh, I definitely encourage you to check it out. I came about it uh, last week and have really fallen in love with it. It won a prize. Uh, for uh, best new website in Israel, which is saying a lot because Israel has tons of new websites. So check it out, Hatanach, H-A-T-A-N-A-K-H. And um, I'll just remind you that another one of the great new website, new relatively new websites out there, is AlHatorah.org, AlHatorah.org, which also presents just amazing abilities of study and teaching through use of the internet, the connections, the, the analysis uh, on, uh, on Torah is just uh, wonderful. And, and when you go to alhatorah.org, you can also sign up for a weekly email which um, sends you to a new insight into the Parsha. If you're looking for something to say, it's, it's a great place on, at something to say at Shabbos table. It's a great place to go. Um, by the way, um, Al-Hatorah is in English. Hatanach.com is both English and Hebrew, which is uh, also a, a welcome change for Israeli websites because most of them, especially those dealing with Torah, are usually only in, uh, in Hebrew. So this one has in English as well. You just have to click on the, at the top on the link that will bring you to the English side of the website. Brand new music for us. It's not brand new, but it's brand new for us. The name of the artist is Anat Malmud, and the name of the song is Nigun. It's not like a nigun nigun. It's Nigun, I guess, and um, I found it interesting. I thank Yitzhak Goldschmidt for calling my attention to this song, and I hope you enjoy it as well. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Hanat Malmud or Malmud Nigun is the name of that one. Hope you enjoyed. And uh, we're, we we were playing that for the very first time here at the Israel Show, but it's been around for a little while in Israel. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, an organization totally devoted and dedicated to uh, Aliyah, to Israel, going to Israel for for Jews from the United States to um, start the process and end the process of going home, going back to our homeland. And I got to tell you, as I'm watching, as I'm watching the presidential um, campaigns. And you see the young people of the United States coming in their tens of thousands and tens of thousands and probably in the aggregate hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to hear Bernie Sanders, a socialist, a socialist, in, in the capital of capitalism, the United States of America, that was so successful throughout the generations because it was the capitalist headquarters, the paradigm of capitalism in the world, seeing so many young people, by the way, who voted for Obama twice, who, although he wouldn't say it, is somewhat of a socialist, and Bernie Sanders, who openly admits he's a socialist. I mean, what's next? What's coming next for us? You see where the young generation is going. You see where college education is going Everything is left. The level of anti-Israel and anti-Semitism is growing. We'll hear more about that later in a clip from the British uh, Justice Minister. If you're not thinking about Aliyah, I, I don't know. You're not looking at, at. You're not reading the news. That's all I can say. You're not hearing the the footsteps. And Nefesh Benefesh is there to help you through various different resources, needs-based financial aid, employment resources, assistance with governmental absorption, community-based guidance and support, and they really make each and every individual's aliyah as successful as possible. Their charter flights, these uh, flights where the entire plane that they commissioned from El Al, the entire plane is filled with families of Olim, and the ceremony that that greets them when they arrive in Israel are just amazing and legendary. You should go onto their website, see what they have to offer, and just, even if you're just thinking, even if you're not actually planning, you're just thinking, you should take a look and, and see what's out there. www.nbn.org.il www.nbn.org.il The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh. Benefesh. Thank you. 
with an old one, Ir Shalom. Welcome back to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. So we've promised this a few weeks ago. We did, uh, on the Israel Show, we spoke about the uh, Mark Twain book called Innocence Abroad, in which he wrote about his uh, travels to, uh, to the Middle East. At that time, it was not a, a common thing. You went by boat, of course. You traveled around. You had a guide. And um, the reason we spoke about it is because it is a well-known uh, point to make when arguing with anti-Israel and anti-Semitic um, proponents where they talk about how Israel stole the land from the Arabs and so forth and when you read what Mark Twain wrote in the 1800s what you see is that the, the land of Israel the city of Yerushalayim etc. was pretty desolate whatever was there was, was rather shabby and poor and there wasn't much life there and the fact is that when the Jews returned the land began to we we uh, generate itself to be reborn, and um, that fits in with the biblical prophecy that we have, in which uh, God says that the land will remain barren until the Jews return, and when the Jews return, the land of Israel will again give fruit. Well, the uh, it reminded me of uh, a great website and a and a book that. It's been around for a very long time. It's been updated. It's called Myths and Facts, A Guide to the Arab-Israel Conflict. It was written by Mitchell Bard. And uh, I remember years ago uh, having it a small book, having it always on the shelf. And it was somewhere that you could go to to get answers to many of the common questions um, that come up when anti-Israel proponents debate. Or, or get on the media or write articles. And uh, every once in a while it was also updated well with the uh, advent of the Internet, which, uh, as I always joke, uh, it's going to be big one day. You just watch. That Internet thing is really going to be big. Um, the um, people of JewishVirtualLibrary.org have put the entire book online and also divided it into chapters. So at this w- on this one page you'll basically find each subject that is covered in the book. You can click on it, and then there are links to the different questions, or the myths, so to speak, and then the answers to the myths 
that are covered in that particular chapter. So it's Jews in the Arab world, refugees, the Gulf Wars, the United Nations, Jerusalem, Intifada, um, the, uh, the roots of Zionism, the British Mandate, the partition issues, going back to history, 1948 war, 1967 war, 1973 war, the Yom Kippur war, that is, boundaries, um, anti-Semitism in the Arab world, human rights in the Arab world, and in Israel versus Israel, uh, the peace process, the media, and so forth. So each one of these topics is covered by the book and uh, is featured on this uh, page. And in addition to all of that, there are two, two very cool things, I think, that are important. One is they have updates, so they have a, a link to 2016 exclusives. And you can download the entire book, a, a full PDF version of the book. You can download that and have it on your iPad or on whatever portable device you have if you want to read it whenever. So I just found it to be fabulous, well done, and uh, important to know. If, if you're looking for the facts and you're presented with the myths, this is the place to go. Myths and Facts, A Guide to the Arab-Israeli Conflict by Mitchell Bard. And uh, the website is uh, jewishvirtuallibrary.org. And then there's sub slash jsource slash myths3 slash mftoc.html but that's a lot so we're going to post that link on our Facebook page facebook.com slash the Israel show and if you want to get to it if you don't have Facebook or you want to try and find it type into Google myths and facts Israel and then look for the link that sends you to the Jewish virtual library the Jewish virtual library so um, that's where you can find it. It is uh, a really well, well done. Uh, there is another website, by the way, called mythsandfacts.org. I don't know who they are, if they're, um, uh, if, if they're part of this or not, but um, this particular site has the entire book. The virtual Jewish library one has the entire book available, Jewish virtual library, and... Um, it's, it's great, and I recommend it to everybody. Uh, something new, something uh, that was released not long ago. Mishu Husham Ohevoti, Ofer Bashan. Hope you enjoy it, debuting here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Mishu Sham Ohev Oti Ofer Bashan here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks for tuning in to the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, one of our listeners made a very good point, a very, very good comment on the Nachum Siegel Network app. He writes, if, you, if what bothers you about Bernie Sanders is socialism, then moving to Israel is not really the solution. His brand of socialism, high taxes and expanded government services, is exactly what you're going to get there. Good point. Okay, what, the point I was trying to make is that the United States as a country is changing, that the younger generation that is being educated in the colleges today are, I would say, very leftist. There's stuff that going on on college campuses that we can't imagine, and there's a tremendous amount of anti-Semitism there as well, and lack of freedom of speech, where people who say things that are not PC, not politically correct, get shouted down and so forth, um, or worse. So the point was that America that was founded on the basis of capitalism is changing, and if it can change in that sense that a socialist, a declared socialist, can be so popular with young voters, that should give us pause. But I, you're 100% right. I didn't make that clear, and I thank you for pointing, uh, pointing that out. Um, so I want to share with you some words of the British Justice Minister. Now, that's what I would call him. I would call him the British, British Minister of Justice or Justice Minister, but in England they have a different name for it. Um, Lord Chancellor and Secretary of State for Justice, the Right Honorable Michael Gove, G-O-V-E, Gove or Gove, uh, MP, Member of Parliament. And uh, he spoke at uh, a dinner where he received an award from uh, the Algeminer website, a very good website about Israel and the, the Jewish world. And I'm, I want to share with you some of what he said. These are clips put together, edited and put together. Uh, if you want to hear a um, more robust version, I'm going to be putting the link up on our Facebook page later today. Um, so here he is, the British Justice Minister, speaking uh, several weeks ago about the situation in Europe and around the world of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel, BDS and all that stuff. It's a dark pass. Anti-Semitism, which all of us would have thought would have vanished from this earth forever after the unique crime of the Holocaust is once more on the rise. It is a virus which mutates. In medieval times, anti-Semitism was religious and it found its manifestation in ghettoization and forced conversion. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, anti-Semitism, under the perverted guise of Scientific racism led to eliminationist politics in Austria, in Germany, and the greatest crime that mankind has ever witnessed. But anti-Semitism has changed, and now it finds its expression in opposition to the Jewish people's collective identity and the existence of the State of Israel. Across the world, the new anti-Semites rally behind the boycott, disinvestment and sanctions campaign, the BDS campaign. And the people behind it have the temerity to compare Israel with apartheid South Africa. Even though Israel is a country which gives all its citizens, whatever their background, whatever their ethnicity, a vote and a say. A country with Arab politicians in the Knesset and an Arab lawyer on the Supreme Court. But worse than that, worse than libeling the State of Israel, the BDS campaign, by calling for the deliberate boycott of goods manufactured by Jewish people, by calling for the shunning of the Jewish state and the rejection of Jewish commerce and Jewish thought, actually commits a crime worse than apartheid. It reintroduces into our world and into our society a prejudice against the Jews collectively that should have vanished from the earth generations ago. Why does it matter so much, and to all of us, Jewish and non-Jewish alike? 
Because as the chief rabbi of the United Kingdom has pointed out, what starts with the Jews never ends with the Jews. Any country in which anti-Semitism is growing is a country that is moving into the dark. It was true of Spain in the Middle Ages, of Germany and Austria in the 19th century. It's true of Russia now under Putin. And it is also true that any country where the Jewish people feel at their safest is the most liberal and the freest country on earth. In the Renaissance, that was the Netherlands. In the 20th century, it was the United Kingdom. And now it falls to America to be the place where Jewish people can feel safest and where the cause of Israel is defended with the greatest strength. Gotta love it. It's um, a musical version, an or- orchestral version, whatever you want to call it, of Matanot um, Ktanot, which is so popular in Israel. That was Etnika, is the name of the uh, group that does that, Matanot Ktanot. Um, want to end, as we try to do, uh, as the result of listener input, on a positive note. I heard an interview uh, by uh, Naftali Bennett, Israel's Minister of Education this morning on Galei Israel, and um, he made the following point. He said, you know, 
you will be hard pressed to find a country where the average citizen is not running away from terrorists who are attacking but actually running toward and engaging the terrorists and obviously whenever possible killing them and putting an end to the threat that they pose and it's interesting that I always looked at it from the perspective of well you know it's it, it's good that Israel doesn't uh, have restrictions for example on carrying guns in certain areas like the United States has gun-free zones and so forth that in Israel unfortunately it is important that people are armed and that if there's an attack people who have been trained and gone through the army can can respond and uh, Naftali Bennett makes the point that the average citizen in anywhereville around the world would run away from danger and here yesterday in Rosh Hashanah for example we see in the video clip people even without weapons now the terrorist also doesn't have a, a gun the terrorist has a knife but they're confronting the terrorist they're not running away they're actually confronting the terrorists with a chair with whatever it is that they're trying to to use to knock down um, in this case the Arab woman but in every case to to um, not enable to neutralize is what I think the word that they use in Israel to neutralize the terrorist and that really says a lot about Israel where everyone cares for everybody else there is the, the feeling of Kol Yisrael Arivim Zelazeh that ultimately when push comes to shove if we're threatened or when our life is threatened then somebody is there to help and fight back for us and that is an amazing thing that's the idea of Naftali Bennett we're going to end off with Mikofef uh, HaBananot a remake of a classic Israeli song I particularly like this version very cool not before we thank everybody Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Stay tuned. Until next Monday, following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Thank you.